Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. It's chilly in the shed and I've got a lot to get on with this week. I suppose the big news for me was that I was 56 years of age. I just really can't believe it, to be honest. These numbers seem so arbitrary, don't they? But I suppose what 56 years of age means is a lot of experience and hopefully a lot of knowledge. And in the last week, I've been watching Joe Biden putting together a team of incredible experience and knowledge to take over from Donald Trump. It made me think about that importance of experience. And I think so often uh, there's a an over-reliance, an over-importance placed on uh, the naivety of youth. And sometimes when you get past, shall we say, 50 or 60, people are no longer seen as being relevant. As into my mind, they've never been more relevant than when they get older. Always reminds me of a, a story. I'll, I'll tell you a little story of something that happened to me. Many years ago, back in the mid-1990s, I was in New York and I was working with the photographer Matthew Ralston. We were photographing the actress Demi Moore. And a guy came in who was um, older than Matthew, older than Demi, and quite a lot older than me at the time. And uh, I introduced myself, he introduced himself. And it turned out that he was going to be Matthew's assistant. But he was already a working, experienced photographer. But he explained to me that, well, you know, how often do you get a chance to work with such a great photographer on such a big-name celebrity and an opportunity to learn more? And that really stuck with me, because when I went back to London, and still the case in the UK, the assistant role is so often seen as very much a kind of a starting out role and pretty soon after a few years the expectancy is you become a photographer. That certainly wasn't the case with this uh, assistant uh, in New York. A few years ago I was uh, editing a magazine called Professional Photographer and I was looking for a sub-editor to come onto the magazine. A guy came in who, again, was quite considerably older than myself. He was definitely, I think, in those days, and probably in his early 50s, so probably younger than I am now. And he'd been let go by a local newspaper for being too old. I immediately liked him. He was kind of a fragile character. He'd had a tough time, and it really affected his confidence. I employed him. He was the best sub-editor I'd ever come across. Everybody who worked with him was in praise of him. And he ended up staying there and then moving on to another magazine. And I actually stayed within that company until his retirement. I never forgot that importance of giving him a break. But at the same time, I've also never forgot the importance of experience. I still learn from people who are older than me, and I'm sure many of you do too. So if you are in a situation to give somebody a job when they're a little bit older, especially now when so many people are losing their jobs due to COVID, don't put an age uh, kind of limit on it. Don't always look for the emerging talent. Don't always look for the young. Sometimes look for the old and the experienced. Talking about experience, 
I suppose we're absolutely, well, we've been in it for a long time. The golden age of photo books, haven't we? Is it a golden age? I don't know anymore. It just seems to be going on and on. Most golden ages, I think, seem to have an end point. But anyway, so the photo books. So many of you listening to this podcast will be creating your own photo books. You'll be self-publishing them. You'll be trying to get finance for them through Kickstarters and so forth. But the birth of the self-financed, self-produced and self-published book, I think, raises some interesting problems for the photographer. And those problems are all around one thing. How the images are used and also how the book is designed. As somebody uh, who spent his life designing books, magazines and laying out pictures, please accept the fact that I see it as an art form, just as I see photography as an art form. And therefore, I respect anybody who does it well. And the photographer should also. The idea of just being able to multitask sometimes works. But it's also, as I was saying earlier, it's good to talk to experience and knowledge. But I saw something on um, Facebook uh, the other day. Uh, somebody I know of, a well-known photographer, made a comment about a new book that had come out. And a whole load of photographers had dived in with their opinions. And a lot of those opinions were about how the images were being used and that images should not bleed off a page and images should not go across a gutter. Ah, to rubbish, in, in, as far as I'm concerned. William Klein's New York, I, I think, still remains one of the strongest, most powerful photo books in which images are, were laid out by Klein himself, himself, of course, a trained artist before he was a photographer. Images burst off of the page, they're cropped, they go across spreads, they have energy. And the truth of the matter is that if you listen to the photographs, then they'll tell you how to be laid out. That's what I teach my students and that's what I believe. Of course, the problem is if you can't hear the photographs. So many photo books are following a very similar kind of approach. The white border can be the death of an image. The image on the right-hand page with the caption in the bottom left-hand corner, we've all seen it a million and one times. The frame being the same on every page and repetition of size and layout can produce familiarity, but it can also produce boredom. And I think what I would say to any photographer looking to produce a photo book or looking to lay out their own photo book is either make sure you can hear the photographs or find somebody who can. This week, we welcome to the podcast explaining what photography means to her, Alethea Casey. And she's a photographic artist based between Sydney and London. And during the last 10 years, she's published uh, and worked with The Guardian, The Sunday Times magazine, The Financial Times magazine, Australian Associated Press and various international publications. Alithia has exhibited at the National Portrait Gallery Australia, uh, the Museum Belvedere in Holland, the Perth Centre for Photography in Australia and the National Geographic Society in London and the Australian Centre for Photography. A lot of Australian stuff going on in there. She was named one of the 31 photographers to watch by the British Journal of Photography and was shortlisted for the PH Museum Women Photographers Grant in 2018. In the same year, she won the Judges' Commendation for the Iris Award 
at the Perth Centre for Photography and was a finalist for the Joseph Ulrich and Wynne Schubert Award. In 2015, she was named a winner of the Magenta Foundation Flash, Flash Forward Emerging Photographer Award. There you go, you see, everyone emerges at some point for the UK and has twice been a finalist for the National Photographic Portrait Prize. Casey is a founding member of the Lumina Collective. She's a photography lecturer at the Royal Academy of Art in The Hague and at the LCC in London. Photography is a fundamental need for me. I photograph because I need to, in order to feel good about the world. It helps me to express my emotions, ideas, my opinions, struggles, and my deep appreciation of life. When I'm not photographing, I don't feel complete. Something is missing. I photograph these days for me. Although a lot of my work has political or social messages within the work and explores what I consider to be the myth of history, and the injustice of that history. I ultimately make the work for me. I make work to satisfy this really deep need I have to create something visually meaningful, to put my energy and emotion into the creation of something which will someday live in a physical space. The actual act of photography is about connection. It's about connecting to the people that I love, the people who I'm longing to be with, and it's a way of holding on to their physical presence. In many ways, it's a way of exploring topics which I would be unable to explore in a verbal or written way. It enables me to present complex and multifaceted topics in a way which will bring a viewer closer and make them look. And then when they're close enough to the image, the meaning behind the work can hit them in the face. Photography for me is about stillness about being truly present, and also about beauty, and there's nothing wrong with beauty in images. It's also about time. Photography is an attempt to stop the inevitable passing of time, and in a way, the inevitability of life, that is death. And so, it's a way to hold on to life, and to hold on to those quiet and precious moments in life. In a way, photography is also about seeking perfection. Of course, there's nothing perfect in life, yet somehow I'm still searching for it. Although I can't achieve this in life, I can search for this in photography. I can search for the perfect moment, the perfect light, the almost perfect image. All of my work is emotionally driven. It comes from a deeply intuitive place, from my gut. Photography allows me to express the wonder of life that I feel, but also the grief, which we will all inevitably experience, and the sadness that life brings. Photography allows me to explore and express these incredible contrasts between the joy of life and also loss, which is an inevitable part of being human. Ultimately, photography, for me, is about finding a way to belong to be attached to a place, to people, and of trying to figure out who I am. Photography is a way for me to explore life and to express the multi-layered and complex nature of life. Thank you very much, Alithia, for your contribution this week, picking up on so many strands and themes that we've heard in previous weeks, but bringing a real personal take on it. 
Because really, at the end of the day, it is about life, isn't it? That's what we're talking about. And I suppose really tying in to what I was talking about at the beginning of this particular episode, uh, life is experience and experience is life. So those two things really coming together. Also nice that... um, I shouldn't really use the word nice. I'm not a big fan of it, but good to hear that she's perfectly okay with seeing beauty in photographs. It doesn't always have to be challenging and it doesn't always have to be angry and it doesn't always have to be postmodern. Sometimes it can just be an image that works. And speaking of that, it really is sounding as if this is a planned uh, episode this week. As always, it's not. It's just a bunch of stuff that I'm throwing on the wall. But um, big congratulations uh, this week to Alice Tomlinson, who was the winner of the Taylor Wessing Portrait Award. Uh, Alice appeared on a previous podcast explaining to us what photography meant to her. So jump back into the archive and you'll find that one. It's a really good one, as all of them are, but um, I really enjoyed Alice's contribution. So check that one out. And uh, also a congratulation this week to uh, Laura L. Tantawi, who also appeared on a previous uh, podcast. I think um, we're certainly uh, hitting some goals uh, at the moment. Anyway, Laura joined us um, I think about a year ago now, and she's just uh, won the PH Museum 2020 Women Photographers Grant's first prize with a project that she's proposing and working on. So uh, great to hear that Alice and Laura both doing really well, and great to hear from Alithia. Great to hear from female photographers, that's for sure. Uh, other stuff that's been going on in the last week uh, we've opened a shop so if you're looking for a photographic life beanie hat or if you're looking for a uh, what does photography mean to me mug uh, t-shirts with both of those uh, slogans on them also available in white and grey perfect uh, Christmas gifts. They're all very reasonably priced. And uh, if you go onto the United Nations of Photography website, and uh, you'll find uh, an article there all about the launch of the shop. So you can find that. Uh, Don't worry, we're not making them in the shed. Uh, We're using another company to fulfill that requirement. But uh, a couple of fun things there. And of course, as I've mentioned in previous week, and I'm sorry, I'm going to keep banging on about it, primarily because I think it's so good. Nothing to do with me, all to do with the people who contribute to the podcast. The What Does Photography Mean to You book, um, featuring 89 professional award-winning photographers from around the world, uh, answering that question. Uh, that's available 9.99 plus post and packing uh, excuse me packaging and uh, we'll post it to you wherever you're listening to this podcast from so do check that out at uh, bluecoatpress.co.uk where that's available now also in the last week i watched uh, a particularly powerful uh, program on the uh, BBC iPlayer. So I presume that's only going to be available to um, our UK listeners. But if I remember rightly, and I didn't write this down foolishly, I think it was called Shooting Through the Darkness. Um, Either way, it was made in Northern Ireland, and it features 
photographers who documented the troubles in Northern Ireland through the primarily through the 1970s and into the early 1980s. It's very, very powerful stuff um, from an image perspective and also the testimony, testimony of the uh, photographers who are um, involved in the programme. I have to say, I didn't know of any of the photographers. These aren't the big names that were shipped in or flew in and did create great work. These were the guys who were working on the local newspapers and the people who just happened to be living there when basically, as one of them describes, a war broke out. Now, really worth checking out for so many different reasons. I think it shows the importance of the local news photographer, something that's really disappearing and has kind of disappeared in many areas of uh, the UK and I know also in the US. So the importance of that documentation of your local area, but also the bravery of these guys. And I have to say also the effect that covering such stories had on them. Uh, PTSD wasn't a known thing there, but it was very obvious that um, a number of these photographers had been deeply moved by what they'd seen. So do try and check that out. One of the quotes that came from it that I did write down, I thought was particularly relevant for the times in which we live and also particularly powerful. One of the photographers said this, photographers don't take sides, they take pictures. And I thought that was something that in this very partisan world in which we are increasingly living in is something for photographers to really hang on to. Maybe it's something I should turn into a T-shirt and we can add it to the shop. You tell me if, you, if that's the T-shirt you want to buy and we'll make it available for you. Anyway, um, as always, thank you very much for listening. Um, thank you very much for your support of the podcast. I hope that you continue to enjoy it. If you do, as I've said a few times previously, it would be great if you're listening on iTunes or any other platform which allows you to give a rating or a review. We'd love you to do that. Obviously, if it's positive, all the better. But anyway, whatever you're up to over the coming week, you know what I'm going to say. Whatever happens, please take care. <laughs>